Yeah, well, that actually, that prophetic image, uh, I got a couple of things, and that prophetic image, where'd you go, Peggy? There you are. Um, that is, in fact, what God is doing with every individual in these days. He's showing us uh, how we can actually hear His voice, and that's what I've been sharing over a series of weeks now, because we need to hear His voice uh, from the Spirit that has been joined with our spirit. First uh, Corinthians 7, I forget what it is, 16, you know, whoever joins himself uh, to the Lord is one with Him in spirit. So you have the capability, here's the point, of hearing from heaven because heaven has chosen to inhabit your heart, your spirit. Now, we go through a series then of evaluating what we hear, and oftentimes we throw it out and say, well, that can't be God. And what that really translates into is, I don't want to obey what I've heard in most cases. And then finally, we need to manifest it, meaning to speak it or to act in it. That's essentially what I've been sharing over the past number of weeks. Now, what Peggy shared with you in vision form that happened to her some years ago is that every one of you have a little dipper, and your responsibility by the Spirit is to give people water every place you go. Every place you go. Now, the other thing that uh, Anna shared, and Anna is actually a seer. She's uh, insecure in that role, but she sees. And I say that just because that's how many of us are. We're insecure in our ability to see or to hear. Uh, but what she said is, was something about fear, and I recognize that most of us actually live in a good bit of fear and therefore negate what God is speaking to us. Does that make sense? I mean, that's what we do as human beings. Now, I'm going to just share for about 15 minutes here this morning, and then I want to give you an opportunity uh, to actually share some of what you've been experiencing uh, in terms of hearing the voice of God. We've been practicing or activating uh, dialing down our, uh, our soul life, our mind, uh, you know, our, our uh, feelings, quieting the noise so that we could then hear sometimes uh, a word, sometimes a picture, sometimes a spontaneous thought that sort of drops into your understanding from the Spirit. And then we've been uh, activating that or taking a risk and speaking that to different people. Uh, throughout a number of weeks. Uh, so it's really that notion of hearing God that then gives us the privilege of knowing what to speak, uh, which is the subject for this morning, which is the prophetic or prophecy. And uh, I want to begin actually by reading Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse uh, 21. It says, this, I'll start with 22. It says, knowing this first, first Second Peter chapter 1, Verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Spirit. Now, granted, the context of that is about the inspiration of Scripture. But the principle is exactly the same, and that is we are moved by the Spirit, holy men and women are moved by the Spirit. They hear from Him. They process it. 
they make judgments about it, and then they release it to other people, the small drink of water that is uh, given to each one of us uh, to share. So in this text, in 2 Peter 1.20, uh, it talks about prophecy, and uh, prophecy is actually a spontaneous message. Uh, it's not a preconceived notion of what you might want to say. It's not figuring out what you want to say even in advance, but it's a spontaneous message given by the Holy Spirit to a believer uh, in order to speak a specific to a specific person or a group of people at a specific point in time. I just define prophecy for you. It's a spontaneous message given by the Spirit that you are to speak to a person or a group of people at a specific point in time. Um, what this text says is that um, a prophecy to spontaneously speak forth the mind in the counsel of God. Now, all of us are insecure at that because the big question is, how do I know that's God? Well, the fact of the matter is, you don't. But the reality is you need to, okay, I think this is God, and then practice and that is what is exercising your senses to go, oh, yeah, that wasn't God. Or, yeah, that was God. And the more you gain experiences by hearing from the Spirit, evaluating them, asking God for more information, and then stepping out in them, uh, the more we gain experience in, in understanding uh, the voice of the Spirit. Uh, so holy men and women of God were moved by the Spirit uh, and moved actually brings, means to bring forth a burden or to be carried by the wind. In John chapter 3, Jesus, you know, talking to Nicodemus, he said, you know, the wind blows where it wills, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. So prophecy is simply a spontaneous message. It's moved by the wind, the pneuma, the, moved by the Spirit in order to speak that or to give a drink of water to someone else. Now, uh, let me give you what then are the purposes of the prophetic gifting. Now, this is not new. I've shared this uh, before, but in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, beginning at uh, verse 3, it says, But he who prophesies, and you understand also means she, he or she who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to other people. Uh, so the real purpose then of the prophetic gifting is, order, is in order to um, encourage someone or to build them up or to give them comfort. Do you know anybody who needs to be comforted or encouraged? Hello? See, those are the thirsty people to whom uh, we're actually to be giving drinks of water. And that's really all it is. See, I'm trying to demystify this thing. Uh, wh what does God said? How do I then speak what God said? How do I know that it's God? You know? And what kind of language do I use to communicate it? Your language. It doesn't have to be religious language. In fact, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't come out of your soul. It's simply what you're hearing uh, from God. So edification in, in Strong's concordance just literally means to build up promoting another's growth. Uh, and whereas exhortation in Strong simply means to come alongside and to give someone strength. People are dying for this. And you are the dispensers of the drink of water. We didn't plan this prophetic image to be shared this morning. I didn't know it until Peggy sat down next to me. But people are dying of thirst. Who do you think is going to give them water? 
Well, God's going to give them, but he dispenses it through us. And uh, so therefore, um, exhortation simply is to come alongside and strengthen, and then the word to give comfort is to come near, to give hope and support in a time of difficulty or pain. You see, when the gifts, when the gift of the prophetic flows, the atmosphere begins to change. You can change the atmosphere of a family, of a relationship, even of a church and a community when you begin to hear from God by His Spirit, asking Him for more information. Do I share this? Do I do it now? Is it according to your word? Is it according to your, 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 the, the gifts? Uh, is, it, is it according to... Uh, the fruit does it pass the fruit test, the character test, the written word of God test, and if so, you speak it, you give, you dispense it. Uh, well, there are some general guidelines. Let me just give you a couple general guidelines, and I'm going to open it up for you to share. Um, how many ever we have time to today? Because some of you have been actually doing this, and you've been emailing me, and you've been telling me that this has been amazing, God, where's this, why haven't we heard this before? You know, just lots of different things, because some of you have actually begun to listen specifically to the Spirit, and some of you have begun to risk actually doing something with it. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Uh, so some of you have been doing that, so I'm going to give you opportunity to do that. But a couple of guidelines first. All believers are encouraged to prophesy. This is not for the elite few. 1 Corinthians, we're still in that uh, text, 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you might prophesy. Those aren't my words. You might not like those words. That doesn't matter. These are in holy writ. You see, the, the Scripture is saying, Paul is saying here, that, that we are encouraged actually to prophesy uh, because... Uh, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but all of all of them, especially that you would uh, build up, that you would encourage, and that you would give comfort. The responsibility is on you, the body of Jesus, to become awakened to what the Spirit is doing, or to remain passive and fall asleep at the wheel. Anybody want to remain passive and fall asleep at the wheel? No, none of us, none of us would. Uh, so the, a second guideline is that all believers are encouraged to desire spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, at the very end of that chapter, uh, says this, Therefore, brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy... And do not forbid the speaking of tongues, but let all things be done in an orderly and decent fashion. Uh, so general guidelines, all are encouraged to prophesy, all are encouraged to desire earnestly uh, to prophesy. All believers, thirdly, are encouraged not to despise the gift. And it is possible for there to be a despising of the gift, like, I, you know, I hate it when old so-and-so stands up and, you know... Well, old so-and-so might be a little out of order, but old so-and-so is at least doing it. You hear what I'm saying? He, he's, he or she, are, they're attempting to hear and then to speak. And I'd much rather 
keep people, you know, bring them back into the middle of the river than to try to get them to do something if their habit is to do nothing. Uh, so all believers filled with the Spirit can prophesy immediately. Where do you find that? Well, if you want to look at Acts chapter 19, uh, verse 6, when Paul laid his hands on the believers, they were filled with the Spirit. They spoke in another tongue, a language, and they began to prophesy immediately. What I'm trying to do is undercut all of our excuses. See, that's what the Scripture does. The Scriptures are inspired by God, and they're profitable for uh, that we might be complete in every uh, good work. Let me give you one more here. Often the gift of prophecy combines with other uh, gifts like the word of knowledge or um, uh, the word of wisdom uh, to give revelation about an individual or an entire congregation. Now, let me end. There's a whole bunch I could share, but I said I wanted to keep this a little bit short this morning so that you could share. And that is, when there is a prophetic word, when there's a person who speaks prophetically to an individual or to a group of people, uh, the Scripture says you're to judge it. Why is that? Because we see through a glass dimly. In other words, I really do have, and you really do have, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, joined with your spirit. Heaven is connected to you, and you to heaven by the Spirit. So you really can hear, number one. You really can then evaluate, number two, but our evaluation is often human and we sometimes miss it. And then for those of us who do speak, sometimes we're wrong. Or there is a mixture, in most cases, of what God says, and I kind of put my spin on it um, all too often. Uh, so the responsibility is to judge what you hear. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, uh, 29 says, Let two or three prophets speak, and let the others judge. We're going to talk about that word judge. Uh, but if, anyone is if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent, for all can prophesy one by one, uh, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. See, that's the purpose again, encouragement. Um, and the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. In other words, if you're sitting around waiting until Jesus shakes you, speak, he won't. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So you listen and then you make a choice to speak or a choice not to speak. The time isn't right. Be quiet. Or he might speak and he might be speaking to you for you alone and not for another person. Uh, so, uh, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, uh, as in all of the churches. Now, since prophecy is an utterance that can be understood, it must be, uh, be judged. The word in Strong's Concordance for judge here uh, is to distinguish or to separate out the good from bad, or the best good from the best. You see, and, and if somebody gives you a prophetic word, whose responsibility is, is it to interpret it? Yours. You see? It's, and and that's, that's why... See, because people can sometimes prophesy in the flesh. And that's why we're to judge the good from the best. Or to judge what is God and what isn't God. Because, after all, we're all learners. Anybody not understand that? We're all learners. 
And we must be permission-giving and grace-giving and encouraging even when there's a mixture or when you come away going, you know, I think part of that was right, but yeah, I don't get this part. Well, that's okay. It's your responsibility to judge it. That's what Paul is saying here. Uh, So judging prophecy then includes doing a couple of things. Uh, Evaluate the content of the message. Secondly, it means what is the spirit in which it is given. You know, some people are angry. People. And sometimes that anger can come across in what they think God is saying and how they speak it to people. See, it's our responsibility to judge that and go, "Mm, that didn't sit real well with my spirit. That, That just doesn't seem like the God I know. You know... Uh, then thirdly, the, the, the reliability of the individual giving the message. Do we know something about the heart of the person who's speaking? So here are some key questions. Uh, when someone speaks, does it agree with the Scripture? We've already looked at that in the times past. Um, is there an inner witness to the Spirit who lives within you? Yeah, oh yeah, that was God. Or I'm not so sure. Um, does it lift your spirit and, or bring heaviness? You ever had somebody that, you know, when they speak, it's like a blanket, a cold blanket, a cold, wet blanket just been pulled over everybody? What is that? This is probably the flesh. So that's all we need. We don't beat people. You know, we don't disqualify them in the body of Christ. We just help them to learn, you know, let's be sure that the spirit behind the thing um, is, is really from God, too. Does it agree with the character of God? Does it bring honor uh, to God? And I have scriptural references for all of this. Uh, and does the prophecy then, does it impact um, people? So here's some cautions. We'll end with this. Uh, don't prophesy as a Christian fortune teller. You bring out your, board, your ball and go, you know, God, will you? No, that's not what it is. Uh, so be careful. Um, don't scold or rebuke people. That's not your responsibility. God's able to police the body. You know, he's, he's able to say, you know, you're, you know you, be careful, Steve. That's not what I'm doing in your life. So it's not your responsibility to scold people uh, or my responsibility. Uh, you don't want to correct leaders. If you have a correction, a word of correction or direction, uh, don't do that publicly to me. You will get bitten. <laughs> Meaning, no, you don't get to do that. What you get to do is give me a call on my cell phone. My cell phone is public. What you need to do, can do is to make, set up an appointment. Say, Steve, this is bothersome to me. I'll listen. I won't bite you in that context. I'll listen to you. I'll affirm your, uh, your attempt in faith to come forward in, in good faith. Um, so don't rebuke a leader publicly. Um, bring, don't bring forth your pet ideas. See, they're God's ideas. And they might be very different from mine. You hear a lot of this around political persuasion. Guess what? God's not a Democrat. God's not a Republican. I'm sorry. You might have extremely strong opinions, but that doesn't mean they're God's opinions. You see, His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. So what I'm saying here is just be very careful when you speak prophetically that you're getting it from the Spirit of Jesus, consistent with the Word, consistent with the character of God, consistent with the fruit of God, and consistent with an internal witness. And then, having checked through those tests, you speak it. And that becomes extremely exciting because people are 
are dying uh, for that. Here's some do's. Speak forth clearly and boldly. You think you're hearing from God? Say so. I really sense the Lord is speaking thus and so. And you just speak it and then ask them how they're doing. Just stop when the anointing seems to lift. That seems pretty logical. Um, use a normal tone of voice. You know, not a holy voice. You know what I mean by that. So I don't have to, to tell you. Um, you know, just... God. What's that? I don't... No, just say God. <laughs> you know, I, I feel the Lord wants me to, to speak, so you give that... Just say, say so, and then keep it within the boundaries of edifying. That means encouraging building up, helping people to grow, and to give comfort. And when we begin to do that, the water begins to flow. The little drinks begin to happen in the grocery store, out and about in the restaurants, uh, in the church, in interpersonal relationships, and all of a sudden people start getting excited. Why? Because purpose begins to come back to the body of Christ. God has a purpose for each one of us. Now, I'm finishing. I'm finished. Um, but let me share, uh, someone was, um, sent me an email, and they had a little experience, a couple of little experiences, and they said, make sure the name wasn't on the back of it, <laughs> um, I was walking in the neighborhood one Sunday afternoon several weeks ago, and Michael had actually just preached on the gifts of the Spirit and being sensitive to his leading, and as I passed the neighbor's house, um, I felt a quiet inner voice. Uh, tell me to stop into her house. Earlier in the summer, she had uh, told me that she was uh, the caregiver uh, for an ill relative. I was enjoying my walk and started to keep walking, but reluctantly, I confess, um, I turned into her driveway and rang the doorbell. She seemed delighted that I was, had stopped, especially when I told her that I had been praying for her and her sister, she and her sister, uh, and had, we had a nice visit, and um, I left, in fact, with a bag of homegrown cherry tomatoes. <laughs> See, see, now, that sounds kind of funny, but whenever you obey God and seek in faith to hear him turn into the house, no, nah, I'd rather not do that, turn into the house, you go into the house, you speak, hey, I've been praying for you, you've opened the door to encourage, to give comfort, to build up, and often, just good old interpersonal homeostasis, that means water seeks its own level, when you bless, people always want to bless you back. Wouldn't it be fun to be known as the people who are just blessers? Just blessers. Well, there's another one there, and then I'll open it to any of you who want to share. Uh, just last week, I was dressed in my old work clothes, uh, ready to do some yard work. And I made jelly the, uh, the day before, and just as I was about to go outside, I heard the same still small voice uh, tell me to take some jelly to another neighbor down the street. Um, Can I do it later, Lord? She protest, uh, or whined, she said, and the Lord said, nope. I wonder if that was a holy nope. <laughs> nope. I don't know. Uh, nope was the very clear answer, so in my natty clothes, I walked down the street, uh, turned out of my neighbor's, uh, turned out my neighbor, turns out my neighbor was not feeling well and had to call the doctor. I prayed with her and we were both blessed. When I left, she insisted uh, to take a generous slice of chocolate cake. <laughs> you might want to try this. This is good stuff that happens. 
Okay, so she ends then by saying, I've been reading this uh, novel, The Night Angel, by T. Davis and Isabel Bunn, and there's a quote in it, and she says, here's the quote, I have often felt that the difficulty with me is not that God is silent, but it's that I'm not able to hear him clearly. He speaks, but my ears and my mind and my heart are too clouded uh, by my own ideas, uh, even my own waywardness. That's a quote from the book that she was reading. So uh, let me just take a a few minutes, and maybe some of you want to share a testimony that you've had just about how the Lord has uh, done something with you. Yeah, come on over here. Tom Cameron, good to see you. Was that awesome your son was up here this morning or what? God is, do- so God is doing something with that young man. He is uh, he's amazing what, what's been going on in his life. Uh, I just gotta, I want to share that, you know, we as uh, Christians in our faith that we're not, we, you know, it's a mission field. It's a mission field out there. And that I believe that God's telling me that east, west, north, and south, any direction from where you're standing today, there's someone that, that you can reach. And you don't know when it's going to happen or where it's going to happen. I'm, I'm doing a part-time job. I'm semi-retired. I'm a security guard at the mall. And, for instance, the other night, 2 in the morning, I'm out in the parking lot in the truck just sitting there looking around. So I'm positioned so I can monitor and see the building, see the parking lot because, you know, you're by yourself. And all of a sudden I look up and there's a guy five feet from me Walked right up to the truck, startled me, didn't startle him. I asked him, I said, uh, I said hey, how you doing? And, uh, you know, just, uh, I said, can you stop right there? You know, don't come right up on the truck, because I don't know what he's up to. It's 2 in the morning. And he said, I'm looking to see if I can get some water. I'm homeless. And uh, I was uh, just eating my lunch, and I said, I got to speaking with him, and he had told me just previously he had been baptized. And that just, you know, felt really, really good to know that he was coming to me. And uh, I didn't have no water, but I did give him a, a sandwich and a part of my drink. And we shared and just talked for a while. And that was just, that blessed me the rest of the night. And uh, I just want to know that there's people out there that at any time that we can, we can speak to and, and just cross their paths. Just take a minute and stop and talk. Because everybody's hungry. That's good, brother. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Somebody else? Uh, if there are two or three people, just come on up here and stand so you can be ready. Just get, just, I want to keep them short. You've got about a minute or, or so max. Uh, we just come on up and uh, share real quickly. So some of you are in the back. Any of you want to share? Come on, get up and, and uh, be up here and be available. Michael? How you doing? I'm great. Keep share. Received uh, a few weeks ago, I received uh, a, some money that I uh, didn't expect. And my first response was, what has Steve been talking about? How to process? But the very first thing that jumped up at me was emotional. Get Linda and go out and eat. And uh, I said, no, let's process. Let's be quiet. So I had my spirit, my, my emotions be quiet. And all of a sudden, my mind activated and said, uh, you're out of balance in your business account. Uh, you need to put that money there. And uh, I said, no, I want you to be still. 
So let's quiet our mind and our emotions and my will. And I went home and I said, Lord, let's see what Linda has to say. And I shared with her and she says, you need to get your account out of balance. You need to get it back in balance. And I said, okay. Uh, phone rings. The neighbor says, I need $20. Can you help me? I said, yeah. So I was able to give him $20. And Linda and I went and paid, uh, you know, got the account out of uh, trouble. And guess what? There was enough money to bless Linda too. So if we listen, and uh, this was a good, good lesson in processing and uh, making sure that you're still before you act. Yeah, that's good, Michael. Thank you. Melody? Real quick. Real quick. Uh, there was a gentleman at the church that I, we were previously going to that um, was very solemn every Sunday, and I had spoken to him. He had said that everything seemed to have been going wrong in his life, and he didn't share any details, but I knew he was struggling. And... Um, the Lord just kind of spoke to me and said, um, why don't you get his email address and share some things that the Lord has shared with you. Um, I think it'll help him. And I did. Um, it's kind of awkward for females to uh, try to give advice to males, but felt like the Lord wanted me to do it. And um, two of the things that um, I shared with him were actually one thing I shared a, a couple of years ago when Pastor Steve was speaking on sin not having dominion over us, he was speaking it as far as our sins not having dominion over us. And I was struggling, and the Lord spoke to me and said, you know what, it's not just our sins that, that don't have to have dominion over. It's the sins that other people do to us. They don't have to have dominions over Amen. us either. And so what I have been doing and what people can do is that if somebody, if if you know what if what people are doing are hurting you you can you can actually declare this person's sin is not going to have dominion over me um and it is very powerful um and also another scripture that the lord um put on my heart to share with them what um is actually in the old testament it says those that cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that god wants to give them and um, so, because I felt like a lot of times we hang on to bitterness and unforgiveness and, you know, inner things in our hearts. And, you know, I, the Lord showed me that those are idols that can separate us from the grace that God wants to give us. <laughs> That's good. Thank you, Melody. <laughs> Jimmy? Uh, I'll have to admit, I had reservations about coming up here and I uh, heard and I talk about fear, and uh, the, uh, the thing that came to mind was, and the Lord gave me the, the thing of Jerry in his turkey hat and the whoopee cushion, that was no accident because the Lord said, Jimmy, you can fit in between a, a turkey hat and a whoopee cushion. <laughs> huh? <laughs> so I feel perfectly comfortable now. But I just wanted to share, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I just didn't want you to think I'm super, super spiritual, Amen. I guess. Amen. And uh, so the thing is, about a, couple, a week or two ago, when we were going through the practice, 
you know, we're up and I want to participate too. So we're, we're up and we're supposed to get rid of the noise and see if the Lord had a word for me. Well, I waited too long and I looked at a gentleman and the Lord kind of, it wasn't strong at all. You know, it was like Steve said, he didn't shake me. It was just, Lord's going to work through him to reach people. And uh, uh, so I waited till the end and didn't get a chance to pray for him. So I think it stopped him in the hall here. And I said, the Lord had a word for you, and I gave it to him. Uh, he wants to work through you with people. And this morning, he came to me, and he said, that was straight from God. He said, I've started coaching, and I, oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, uh, reaching young people and their parents. <laughs> Do you think that's strengthening or giving comfort or building up? See, and he didn't think it meant, it, what, God, that doesn't mean very much. Not to you, but it does to the person receiving it. Kyle? Um, um, maybe a year ago or so, I was driving home toward, out towards Castle Lane when we lived out there, and there was a man walking down the street. Um, it was raining, and the Lord told me to pick him up. Um, so I got him, and he had run out of gas, and he was late for a uh, doctor's appointment and all this stuff. And um, so anyways, he asked me why I stopped. And I was like, honestly, I was in, I'm a believer in Jesus, and I, I was worshiping. And he told me to pick you up, and uh, he, had, he was a pastor um, that had fallen. And uh, he was actually cussing God at that moment when I picked him up and uh, so anyways the Lord just kind of was tapping him on the shoulder and saying you know you're still mine and uh, I was able to get him gas and get him to his appointment and all that and awesome. um, we just we left each other embraced as brothers and it was just awesome. You never know do you? Yeah. Just absolutely yeah. never know. And Lloyd's going to be the last one here so that people don't continue to come up so we can close in a timely fashion. Cynthia? That's right. I really want to share about failures. I was at a General Assembly last May, last June, and um, I heard from a woman when I was there that another woman um, that I highly respected and had, been such a, had such an impact on my life that she'd been in a terrible car accident. She wasn't from this congregation. And I was so broken inside that I could hardly eat my lunch. And I was just undone with all the thoughts of how, without her knowing it, she had been an example to me. She had given me encouragement. She'd given me a vision for my future. And I just cried. But I didn't do anything. I kept on writing her in my heart. And fortunately, she moved through and she was able to regain. And I had the opportunity to be with her this past weekend. So I got up yesterday or Friday before I went down there and I heard the Lord saying, you know, you didn't write that letter. Maybe you could write it now. 
So I said, okay, Father. So I sat down and I wrote a letter. And when I got to um, the little gathering, she was there and she was actually sharing and speaking that first night. And it was so beautiful because after she shared, I was able to honor her. And I said, I wasn't obedient the first time, but I'm being obedient now. And the second thing I want to share with you is a failure that doesn't have a happy ending. <clears throat> I, was at, well, I was at Sam's, and I was picking up a lot of things for a lot of different people. I kind of do that in my life. And um, I was hurrying. I kind of do that in my life. And I, I got everything into the car, and this, this, this shadow was over here in the corner. And I looked up, and this woman in sweatpants was... was sort of undone by me, and I was getting ready to close the, the lid on my um, trunk. Trunk, trunk. Thanks, honey. <laughs> and um, she said, um, this is so embarrassing for me to share. She said, I'm hungry. Do you have anything to eat? And I had junk in my car. You know, I had, I was, it was just, but I had stuff I could have given her, but it wasn't mine, and I, I just kind of, froze, and I didn't give her anything, and she just moved on, and, and, you know, then as I got in the car seat, I went, well, Cynthia, you could have given her this, you could have given her that, so I ran back, and I looked, she wasn't there, she wasn't there, and, and it was a missed opportunity, and I went, oh, God, so now whenever I go to Sam's, I start praying for her. And I say, Lord, if I ever see her again, she's going to get the whole trunk. That is a powerful learning experience that every one of you have had in one way or another. And see, it's, it's failing is a great teacher, but recognizing that failure isn't final. You can learn from that and go, oh, yeah, God, give me another opportunity. And he does. Duke? Well, I hear from the Lord a lot of times through my wife, and he said, get up here and speak. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of Saturdays ago, we were at a little conference, and this lady had spoken a word over us. And later that evening, another man at a dinner party spoke a word over us. And later in that same evening, another man spoke another word over us. And I guess what I really want to share with you is it's hard sometimes to hear what God has to say. Um, and I'm not going to get into it, but each word corresponded with the other. Uh, each one was more progressive and more poignant than the other. Um, so that by the time we were done, we drove home kind of shell-shocked. And ever since, we've been asking God, you know, what, what are you trying to say? What, what does this really mean? And um, I appreciate, Cynthia, relating failure. When we step out and share a word, we have to be willing to allow each other to fail. Um, we see people and circumstances and situations from God's perspective, not ours. And it has to be the same with the word that we give and the word that we receive. Yeah. You want to say something? Um, I just want you to know that Duke and I practice on each other at home a lot. 
And so, um, because we're cultivating that gift, you know, and for a very long time, um, I was unaware of what, um, why I sensed things. And I really, if you want to know the truth, thought I was crazy. And I think a lot of prophetic people think, you know, that they're crazy. And I just want to encourage all of us to be able to um, really step out. Um, we're in a wonderful place because we now are listening. And um, I know that there are many of you here in this congregation that the Lord is calling to listen and to be listeners. And, um, yeah, and I just we work better together, so that's why I'm up here. <laughs> that's good. Me too. Thank you, Duke. Thank you, Jennifer. Lloyd Jackson. Hey, it looks different from up here than it does on that back row back then. then. <laughs> this happened to me closer. probably three weeks ago on a Sunday night. I had stopped at Wendy's over there across from Greenlawn Memorial Park. I've shared this on Wednesday night. Uh, number one, the Lord told me to pull into Wendy's, and I said no. I don't need anything else. I've already eaten enough. I don't need anything else. Pull into Wendy's. I said, okay, I'm going to pull into Wendy's. <laughs> I got in there. Now, this was a blessing to me. We can be blessings to others as well as others can be a blessing to us. I pulled into Wendy's, and there were these two ladies there dressed in white. White cape over the head, white coat. I mean, they were dressed from top to bottom in white. I said, you ladies must have been to church today. Yeah, we're pastors from Federal, North Carolina. We come down here every Sunday and hold services at Creekwood. We have eating on the grounds afterwards. Then we have praise and worship, and then we hold another service. And I got to talking with them and enjoyed, uh, we were sharing Jesus. They said... <laughs> This cracked me up again. You have a granddaughter named Brittany. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. How did they know that except the Lord told them? The Lord sent us to tell you Brittany's going to be all right. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been flying high. <laughs> God can give you some rather specific information if you listen. <laughs> I think this might be specific. I'm kind of in Anna's camp of um, not getting up and, and talking like this. But, and when Peggy was talking, I, th I, I just kept seeing cups in the congregation. We all turned into <clears throat> cups. And some were not full, but some were just kind of spilling over with water. But I feel like all of us are being given water today, and they were all filling over, just spilling over. We're just full from all the, um, the testimonies, the, the encouragement that we're getting today. And I just, I just appreciate the Lord giving me that picture. That was today. Mm -hmm, just now. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Dean, uh, could I ask you to come up and lead us in closing with that little uh, refrain, 
fill me up, Lord. I don't know if I lift it up, Lord. Fill my cup, Lord. Something, just fill me. God wants just to fill us. And whatever he gives you. Hi, I'm Eliza Akins, and I work in the mall at shoe department. Um, I was at work one night, and I went to help a, went to help a couple, and uh, they were both like they were they had both been through surgery, and they were in pain. And I felt the Lord asking me, or rather telling me, to pray with them. I was a little hesitant at first, but, I, but then I thought, well, okay, if this is you, I said, and I got to pray for them. That's awesome. And that's all. <laughs> that's, that's good stuff. Well, let's stand up where you are. We've gone into extra innings here, and I apologize, but God is doing something very fresh in our midst. And um, when Anna got fear, I had just gotten the same word. And I feel like fear uh, cuts against faith and hope. And God wants whatever your fear is, He just wants you to lay it down. It's just a simple... Lay it at his feet. Fear, uh, a few things that he spoke to me is fear of the future, uh, fear of failure, uh, perhaps fear of success for, for some of you, uh, fear of man. What is it that you fear? Uh, fear cuts you loose from faith and hope. And God's given his people purpose. So let me just pray for us. We'll end with a little song here. And Father, I just want to thank you right now for any of you who have experienced or are experiencing a measure of fear of the past, of the future, uh, fear um, uh, from whatever source, God. We know your word says you've not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. So God, I speak that you would break fear right now off of this people. God, that we would walk in the fullness of faith in this house. Lord, I would declare over us that the latter end will be more glorious than the former. And Father, I would loose in this place the capacity to hear. And Lord, I activate your people not only to hear words and pictures and promptings and spontaneous thoughts from your Spirit. But Lord, as they then, as we've heard through the testimony, that you would cause them not to negate it, not to say, oh, that can't be God, but to risk speaking and acting. And God, I want to thank you that as we do that, we will begin to release rivers of living water in this place. Now, if you've received any from that, just, just silently acknowledge it. Lord, I lay my fear down, whatever that is. And I receive you afresh to release me, to walk in fresh power, the power of your spirit, your river, in the name of Jesus. Dean, thank you for being willing to come. They've had everything retuned, you know, for their purposes. But, brother, you're, you're amazing. Let's fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. That's a line I've forgotten. 
Come and fill this thirsting of bread my of heaven, soul. Bread of heaven, heaven feed me till I want no more. Fill it, fill it. If you don't know it, just hum it. Let's try it again. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and fill the thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill me up, fill me up and make me that little ditty came from the 70s. Yeah. And it's still true today. Be filled with the Spirit of Jesus and share with those you meet. God bless you and have a wonderful day today in Jesus.